Hey, you're listening to the C3 Network Podcast with Dan Holland. Our mission is to create a network of micro churches that are finding, teaching, and equipping people to be on mission. Our hope is that this encourages you. Be sure to leave us a review so you can help us share our message with more people who need to hear it. And now, Dan Holland. Welcome back. We're in a sermon series called Love Out Loud. The primary purpose of this series is to look at what Scripture tells us about how we are to relate to and care for one another in the church, which is the family of God. Specifically, we've been looking at the one another passages. We started by focusing on the one another Scripture that sums up all the others, and that is the command to love one another. The challenge for week one was to pray memorize and live 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 12. Let me invite you to say this with me. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else. So in Romans chapter 15, verse 14, he says it again in Colossians 3, 16, Paul mentions another practical way for us to express love for one another. Let's look specifically at Romans chapter 15, verse 14. He said, I am convinced, my brothers and sisters, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with knowledge and competent to instruct one another. Paul instructs us to coach one another up. Well, okay, he doesn't say it exactly that way, but it is the gist of what he's getting to and when he tells us to admonish one another. You know, the word in the original language that is translated admonish implies that we instruct or correct each other. That's what great coaches do, right? They correct the bad habits of their players by teaching them how to do things the right way. Have you ever noticed that when it comes to college football playoff rankings, with one or two exceptions, the top spots go to the usual suspects? Now, why is it that the same programs show up year after year in the rankings? The quick and easy answer is players, must be the players. These programs just have better players. There's truth to that, but I believe sports talk show personality Colin Coward is right whenever he made the observation that at the college level, it comes down to who has the best coaches. See, the best coaches are able to recruit the best players because the best players want to play for the coaches who will help them get even better. Coaches who can help them get to that next level. Natural talent can take you so far, but to get better, you need great coaching. This is true in not only athletics, but in all of life, right? To reach our full potential, we just need to be coached up. The best athletes have one-on-one coaches. Coaching isn't just for learning something new. For many of us, coaching is to sharpen skills that you already have. That's what we're going to talk about for the next few minutes. Coaches correct the bad habits of their players by teaching them how to do things the right way. This is exactly what we should be doing for one another. Now, some of you may be thinking, just wait a second, Dan. Just last week, you said that we're supposed to accept one another as is. And that's right. I did say that. We are to accept one another free of reservation and judgment, but we must also be about helping one another grow into being the very best disciples of Jesus that we can be. Listen, we all have attitudes and behaviors that need to be challenged or corrected and or developed. We do. 
The problem is these are blind spots well, for most of us. Too often, it requires a moment of colossal failure before we're able to recognize, let alone admit, the areas of our lives that are underdeveloped. In the family of God, we must care about one another enough to help each other recognize and correct problem attitudes and behaviors before things actually blow up. We should care enough to coach each other up. Okay, but can just anyone go around pointing out to others the areas of their lives that, that they need to improve? Sure, anyone can, but, does that, but, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they should. The type of person who is best qualified to coach up others is described by Paul in verse 14 that we read just a minute ago. He says, I myself am convinced, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with knowledge and competent to instruct one another. What was it that convinced Paul that the believers in Rome were competent to, uh, to admonish or instruct one another? Well, first, they were full of goodness. Now, does that mean that they were perfect? Of, of course not. What it does indicate is that they took their spiritual development seriously and that there was evidence of transformation in their own lives. If we're not growing in our own walk with Christ, we're in no position to tell others how to grow in theirs. Now, that's not to say that we don't have insight to pass along. We probably do. But what we're lacking may be well, it's credibility. For instance, if a guy who blows up at his wife and kids every time things don't go his, his way expresses some concern to me about my temper, now how likely do you think I'll be to take him seriously? Not very. That probably shows a lack of maturity on my part. But see, it's hard to take advice from someone who doesn't take their own advice. Now, how about the guy who at one time was known for flying off the handle, but now rarely does? The odds of me listening to that guy are far greater because I know he's been where I am and he's now at a place that deep down I want to be. To be effective at coaching others up, we just have to take seriously the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 7. Look over there with me, Matthew chapter 7, and I'm going to give you some fair warning Jesus is very direct here. Verse 3, he says, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Well, not only did the Christians in Rome behave well, but their motivation was right. The word in the text that is translated as goodness really indicates a genuine concern for someone else's well-being. They at least cared about each other. That's a big deal. If you don't care about someone, you for sure won't offer correction. It's always a good idea before we ever set out to instruct or correct somebody to take a moment to examine why we feel the need to do so. If our desire is to embarrass or shame, manipulate, or maybe one-up the other person, we're going to do more damage than good. In all likelihood, the person on the receiving end of our admonishing will become defensive, angry, or just despondent. They'll just feel hopeless. 
for people to really hear our concern, they need to be able to trust that we are motivated by a desire to see them flourish. It's so important that we build genuine relationships with each other before we attempt to coach each other up. Now, having said that, sometimes it's necessary to admonish a person we may not know very well. When that's the case, it's doubly important that we put into practice the counsel that Paul shares in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. See, on occasion, I have heard a person say something along the lines of, you know, I'm just all about the truth. I'm going to tell people what they need to hear, whether they like it or not. Now, for anyone with that attitude, I'd like to tell you the truth from everybody else. We don't want to hear what you have to say <laughs> because we don't trust you. See, truth is important, but sometimes it's not the message that keeps people from changing. It's the messenger. Truth may be on your side, but if you're a jerk about it to your kids or employees or your fellow believers, they're, they're probably not going to respond to you the way that you had hoped. On the other hand, have you ever heard an athlete say about his coach, I'd run through a brick wall for that guy? Is it because he knows his coach has lots of great truth? No, not at all. It's because his coach has proven that he cares for him. See, admonishment will do very little good unless we are good. Think back to our message on how to build a life that lasts. See, we add to our faith moral excellence. That's 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. We must live good lives and genuinely care about others if we're going to coach them up. Now, the second reason Paul believed his audience was competent to instruct one another is because they were filled with knowledge. That statement indicates that the believers in Rome knew the word of God. This is so important because admonishment has to be based on God's truth, not on our personal opinion or preferences. When I feel the need to admonish someone based on my opinion or my preference, it's because I want him or her to be like me. But that's not at all the goal, is it? See, the last thing the world needs is a bunch of mini-me's just running around. Nor does the world need a bunch of mini-you's running around either. Our goal should be to help people move more into the image of Jesus. This demands that we know what Jesus taught and how he lived. One dad told me that over the years, he observed numerous coaches who had enough knowledge to point out what was going wrong with his sons on the field, but they didn't have a clue on how to actually help the athletes improve. He said he couldn't tell how many times he, he listened to a coach scream at his struggling pitcher, this sage advice, just throw strikes. That was so infuriate his boys when they were on the mound. One time, one of his sons told him, dad, I just want to scream at the coach. Really? Is that what I'm supposed to do out here? Who knew? Thanks for the tip, genius. <laughs> when a player is struggling, he doesn't need some coach yelling out the obvious. A coach should help us see what we can't see. Here's my point. Most of us don't need people to tell us what to do or stop doing, because deep down we know. What we need is for someone with some biblical insight to show us how. People who struggle with worry don't need to be told not to worry. They need to be taught how to trust fully in God's provisions. 
People who struggle with their finances don't need to be told to stop spending more than they earn. They need to be taught biblical principles for money management. We're going to have a very difficult time helping one another grow if we're not filled with the knowledge of God's word. If you're looking for motivation to be on a daily, just to be a daily Bible reader, this is it. Read scripture so that the Holy Spirit has something to draw on whenever you're given the opportunity to speak into the life of, of another person who needs to be coached up. Like the believers in Rome, we want to be competent to instruct one another. But for our own development, we must also be open to instruction. This is not easy. No one, including me, likes to have their weaknesses pointed out. The natural tendency is to be defensive or feel shame or get angry. It's so important that when we learn to see instruction, not as rejection, but as an act of caring. There are exceptions to that statement, but by and large, those who are willing to offer us instruction do so because they do genuinely care about us. They're taking a huge risk. You know who doesn't care about you? It's the person who talks about you, but not to you. Sure, that person may spare your feelings for a time by avoiding a difficult conversation with you, but in the long run, he or she is doing you absolutely zero good. So how should we receive admonition? And this is huge. First, be open to admonition, regardless of who it comes from. God used a donkey to admonish Balaam, and sometimes he does the same today. Okay, not a literal donkey, but you get the point. Just because the person who is offering the instruction doesn't have his or her stuff together or is an insensitive jerk about it doesn't mean that what he or she has shared isn't true. If we allow sensitivity or pride to get in the way of receiving admonition, we rob ourselves of great blessing. Proverbs 16, 20, New Living Translation says, those who listen to instruction will prosper. In Proverbs 19, the writer tells us that the key to becoming a wise person is to receive instruction. Verse 20, listen to advice and accept instruction, and in the end, you will be wise. Honestly, I could just assign you to read a chapter a day from Proverbs. In fact, let me invite you to join me in reading a chapter a day from Proverbs. 31 chapters, 31 days in most months. I started January 1st. My wife invited me to join her on this journey, and I'm inviting you to join the both of us. Whatever the date is, just read that chapter that morning, and you'll know that I and my wife are reading that very same thing that day. All right, second, Scripture has to be our final authority. Not all coaching is good coaching. In fact, sometimes people give instruction that does more damage than good. Stick with what the owner's manual teaches. I think about this advice that's thrown around so often today. Just do whatever makes you happy as long as it doesn't hurt anyone else. Sounds good, but it's actually pretty bad advice. No matter how much you might look up to the person who's given you the advice, always take the time to make sure that their counsel aligns with scripture because God's word is where truth is found. Listen to these beautiful words found in Psalm 119, verse 159. See how I love your precepts. Preserve my life, Lord, in accordance with your love. All your words are true. 
all your righteous laws are eternal. Let me add that even if a person is using scripture to give guidance, it's imperative. It's super important that you make sure that they're using scripture properly. One of the favorite tactics of the evil one is to use God's word, but then just twist it a little bit, just enough to convince you to act in a way that will inevitably bring you harm. So if an admonition, a talking to, a reprimand, or a warning against goes against scripture, you need to reject that advice. If scripture is neutral on some subject or matter that's being talked about, you have the option as to whether or not to act on that advice. For instance, some of you would admonish me to preach shorter messages. Well, shame on you, first of all. But since the scripture says preach the word, but does not say for how long to preach the word, my response to you would just be a great big O encouragement to bring a snack. On the other hand, some of you may want me to preach longer. God bless you. In which case, I'd remind you, I'm just here to get the conversation started. You keep it going. All right. Finally, we must act on valid instruction. You know, athletes don't become great simply because they're exposed to good coaching. Greatness is the result of putting good coaching into practice. The same holds true for life change. You know this. If you're not sure how to act on advice, ask the person who's sharing the counsel to help you figure out practical steps to do so. Most people who offer admonishment are willing to walk with you if you'll just ask them for advice on next steps and refuse to let your pride or embarrassment get in the way. You know, I can personally recall several instances when men of God have had significant impact on my life and even the trajectory of my life simply by instructing me. And I could talk a long time about this. But for an example, when I was living in Sulphur Springs, Texas, I was about to move on to Dallas. Claude Reynolds, he's Dr. Claude Reynolds, medical doctor, also one of the elders of the congregation I served, came to my office and he sat on the other side of my big old Texas-sized desk and he said, Dan, you're a very talented minister, talented preacher, but I can see that you rest on your talent. Don't do that. I'd like to encourage you to work hard and make every effort to be the very best that you can be. Anyone know something? I knew this advice came from a place of truth and that he genuinely cared for me. In coming to me, he was coaching me. He was taking a risk. He was instructing me. He was also, he was admonishing me. He was taking a big risk, but here I am 30 plus years later, sharing the story with you. And I, and I have many more that I can thank God for. You know, coaching is in today. I coach both pastors and business uh, leaders. People recognize that to get better, I don't care if you're talking about work or school, sports, or in life generally, it's good to have someone who can help you see your blind spots. But for some reason, when it comes to growing spiritually, many of us seem to insist I'm going it alone. That's not the way it's supposed to be in the family of God. So I have a challenge for you this week. Invite a fellow believer who cares about you. Maybe it's your spouse or it's a parent or, or a friend to share with you where he or she, she senses you need to grow as a disciple of Jesus Christ. In other words, give the person permission to coach you up. And if you listen and act on what they tell you, I'm confident that six months from now, you'll be so glad you did. And maybe 30 years from now, you'll be telling the story. Let's pray.
I thank you, Father, for this clear encouragement to admonish one another. I pray, Father, that you will both help us to be courageous enough to admonish those who are in our life so that they can live, so those we love can, can live their very best. But I also pray you will help us to receive admonishment because I believe this is one of the powerful, specific ways that you work in the lives of your children. I pray for every man, woman, and child that you will help us, Father, to accept and desire to be coached up, to be admonished, to live the best so that you may be glorified through our lives. It's in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this podcast, we post a new episode each week. So be sure to subscribe and leave us a review so you can help share our message. We'll see you next time.